Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving yesterday. Hope everyone Happy had a lot of turkey. Thanksgiving. Yeah. You doing any Black Friday shopping today, Joe? Do I ever do any shopping, Max? Oh, no. Sometimes you do shopping. You just, you know, you're, you're just usually not first in line to no, get trampled by I'm the not mob. first in line. I'm not last in line. I don't go to Amazon at all, so I won't buy anything on Amazon. Amazon is off the Christmas card list. Um, so the answer is no. No, I'm, I'm not going to do any Christmas card shopping or Christmas shopping. I'm not going to. No, no. No, I'm not. And I'm no going to buy TVs, as much stuff no. local as I possibly can. I might go to the gun store. I feel like I need to go pew pew a little bit. I might I DCF know, guns and Castle Rock. Hey, by the way, we have some really big Black Friday specials at DCF guns and Castle Rock. You can go to DCFguns.com and then go to the store at DCFguns.co. It's pretty awesome, actually. I think we have like twenty thousand things on on uh, on sale. Well, that's what, super you, what cool. did you do for Thanksgiving? Uh, my in-laws are in town. Oh, all right. So I think. They're here. Uh, my wife's siblings are here, so they're here through tomorrow. Um, so we're going to be spending some time with them today and tonight. Um, so it should be should be fun. It's always nice to be able to spend time with family and friends because um, <laughs> Fauci doesn't want to let that happen. <laughs> well, we do have a guest on this morning. Joe, do you want to introduce the guest or do you want me to? I'll, I'll let you do the introductions, Max. Okay. So we have Layla Sentner. She um, is with the Sentner Institute, Center Academy, sorry, and uh, and she's joined us to talk about the academy's policies around vaccines and uh, vaccinating children. So why don't we uh, bring on Layla? Layla, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys for having me. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. So well, we usually start these episodes by letting our guests introduce themselves, tell a little bit about themselves for anyone who doesn't know you. Um, so Layla, the floor is yours. Thank you. So my name is Layla Setner, as you mentioned. I own Setner Academy. It's a private school here in Miami, Florida. And we go right now eight months to eighth grade and we will be opening high school in two years. And many of you maybe have seen about seven or eight months ago, my school was all over the news because I didn't want our teachers to be vaccinated because all the being made unvaccinated individuals being impacted by vaccines. And very close friends, a lot of doctors um, who are analyzing these case studies and hearing out these case studies directly from patients, including an amazing pediatrician, Dr. Larry Palevsky, who has seen who has been seeing very, very strange things, such as a 20-month-old baby coming into his office who was bleeding from her vagina. And the only thing different was that she was with her grandparents for the weekend who were freshly vaccinated. 
And basically, from what he's been seeing and other doctors, he said in 40 years, he has never seen the things that he's seeing now. And in every single case, when he asked about whoever the patient is being around vaccinated individuals, and 100% of the cases, they were. And so since we are in the trial phase, since this is not a final approved shot, it should be very prudent of the CDC and the FDA and the government officials, everybody involved in these experimental shots should take these cases very seriously. But they don't want to hear about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to have a discussion around it, even though there are many very, very qualified scientists and doctors who are saying, guys, this needs to be researched and further investigated. Well, I think that I, I think that the the problem that I have with the CDC and the government as a whole, and and again, I'm not anti-government, meaning that I don't think we should have government. I think the government is the overreach, and the fact that they treat us like slaves has become very much more evident. But one of the things that I, I say is that they're doubling down because they know that if they don't double down, and they come out and they admit that what they've done is literally killing hundreds of thousands of people and it's putting millions of other people at risk that the revolt against these, these leaders would be astronomical. But I, I, I equate to what's happening right now with these forced vaccinations with, with the genocide that I saw occur in, the, in uh, much of, of uh, you know, North Africa and even parts of the Middle East. So I, I, I'm, 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 I'm just appalled by the fact that you have to fight for your teachers and you have to fight for your students when every doctor that I've talked to, every single doctor that I've talked to, without exception, has said that the type of cases they're seeing are some of the rarest cases that they thought they hadn't seen in 20, 30 years. And now they're seeing those you know, my myocarditis in kids that are you know, 13, 14, 15 years old. They've never seen that in, in children that young. Yeah, um, we just hired a nurse who was in the cardiac pediatric cardiac unit and she said before we hired her and the reason why she left is she had 10 patients under 13 with myocarditis and she said that she had never seen this before and the doctors had never seen this before and no one will talk about the connection between the vaccines and myocarditis because the only thing that these 10 kids had in common was they all were vaccinated. Right. And she just said, I can't stand the corruptness of what's happening in my medical profession. I didn't get into this to be part of a corrupt system. And sadly, pharma controls the medical community. Pharma controls our government. And so all of this is allowed to continue because of that. I mean, pharma controls our media. That's why they're attacking me. So last month I came out and said, basically, I don't want our kids to get vaccinated. I'm, I have the school because it's all about community to me. And we have a very, our mindset is all about holistic living. You know, I feed my kids gluten-free, sugar-free, all natural, no processed, fully organic food on a daily basis. We have a salad bar. We do physical fitness five days a week. You know, we, we have these brain activities. They meditate, sound bowl healing, because we're all about our immune system. So I can't support injecting our children with an unknown substance because let's just face it, no one knows what's in these ingredients. Bill Gates said it himself. He is not gonna disclose the ingredients because it's proprietary. Okay, so then that's 
court. It's proprietary. You mean like our election system's proprietary? Because I think that's what they said about that too, right? That's that's the answer to everything. Is it's proprietary? It's 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 our secret sauce. And as you break down these these vaccines, which now have an efficacy of less than twenty percent by their own admission, uh, we're we're seeing this playing Russian roulette with our children. The the heart transplant list has gone up nearly six hundred percent in the last eighteen months. The heart transplant. It's heartbreaking, you know. And and just run a reverse database, which only one to one to ten percent of the people actually report. You can see so many instances of, you know, um, there's one on there that I put in my presentation when I'm speaking, a five-month-old baby, 24 hours after the mom got vaccinated, the breastfed baby died within 24 hours. Like, you cannot tell me an unvaccinated person is not impacted when it's in the VAERS database itself. I looked it up. I run these reports, and I go through them, and I read them. And the thing that boggles my mind is I'm probably one of the only school owners that is willing to take a critical thinking step back. You know, I say, okay, let me look at the data. I'm not going to blindly listen to what my government and what politicians and what the medical community says. Let me look at the data. And I picked up the phone and I spoke to a chief pediatric immunologist at a hospital nearby and I said tell me what you're seeing and at that point this was last summer not this summer but last summer he had seen he had his hospital had 3,500 cases sadly one child died but when I dug into it more that child had many comorbidities including neurological issues then then there was another four that had serious issues and those four were all very obese and so I knew from a very early on, I knew this September of 2020 when we reopened schools, that this was so much more about protecting our children. This was tyranny. And this was all about blind leaders following and just doing what they're told. And I did the opposite. I didn't force masks for one day. I took a lot of heat because I had parents very angry with me about why I would not force every child to wear a mask. I did not put plexiglass in my schools and I had parents angry with me. Why am I not protecting their children? And I said, I am, I'm protecting your children. I'm allowing your children to be free, safe and normal because what's happening is not normal. Following the CDC who is bought and paid for by pharma is not the right thing to do. Not to mention the teachers union are the ones that are responsible for putting in these uh, tyrannical rules in place. And I didn't understand why so many people were just okay with blindly following. But now my community, 90% of my community gets it. They completely get it. And they're so appreciative that I've put my neck on the line that I have, that I have, you know, basically been blasted everywhere and I will stand strong and I will continue to do what's right for these kids. And I won't stop. And I'm here speaking out to tell other school leaders, please do the same grow some cojones and stand up for your children. If you're not in the business of educating to protect your children, get out of the business, move over. So somebody yeah. who cares can do the right thing. So Layla, let me ask you, cause obviously I remember reading about uh, your academy when you basically said that vaccinated teachers aren't allowed to be around students. It's, 
explain to me the new policy regarding vaccinated students because it doesn't read at least in everywhere it's being reported it doesn't read as being as mandatory as the policy you put into place with regards to teachers what happens if if parents vaccinate their kids and want to send their kids to the academy so you know when we accept students to our school it's all about the community right and so we are very purposeful in saying, okay, what type of family is this? Is this a family that's gonna be alignment, in alignment with our community? When I sent out the email asking if there are any parents who wanna give their child less than 12 years old the shot, no one responded that they wanted to do it, which I was very, very happy to hear. And so the media took that, they went crazy with it. And then the Department of Education sent me a letter basically saying, if you quarantine the kids, we're going to suspend, we're going to pull your ability to, um, because my husband and I contribute a substantial amount of scholarship to, um, sorry, excuse me. Um, can you guys okay. get out? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they need to go. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, all, it's all good. Kids need their tortilla chips. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you're talking Sorry, about the Department of Education and okay. how you contribute so a certain amount of scholarships. Education, who also cares nothing about our kids. My husband and I personally contribute a substantial amount of money for scholarships for these kids, for many kids, because we want a diverse community and not everybody can afford $25,000 a year scholarship. So we have a process where we contribute amount and then there's a certain percentage that the government contributes. Well, they basically came in and said, if you want to have this policy, we are no longer going to allow you to uh, to give the government scholarship to your kids. And I had two choices. I could have either said, okay, tough luck for those kids that are receiving your scholarship. Or I could have said, you know what, since none of my families want to give their 12 and under kids these shots, fine, I'll just pull back the rule. And I'll make sure that as I am bringing in new students, I'm going to bring in the students who believe in their immune system and they're not about this shot. And whoever is about this shot is clearly not in alignment with our community, which is let's focus on their immune system. Let's make sure these kids get a lot of sunlight. Let's make sure these kids are, have physical fitness in their lives. Let's make sure they're eating healthy. Let's make sure they're doing all the kids that kids need to do to keep their immune system strong. And overall, they have a 99.99% survival rate from this. Okay, that's virtually 100%. So anybody that's willing to inject their child with an unknown substance when they have a virtual 100% survival rate, okay, and choose a shot that has side effects of myocarditis, they're probably not in alignment with our values. So they're not families that we're going to bring into our community. And they can't tell me yeah. who and who I cannot bring into my community. This podcast is sponsored by Air Med Care Network, the premier insurance plan to cover you and your household should any of you suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. We don't get to choose when a disaster strikes. You don't get to choose how you get taken to the hospital. Anyone who has been taken to a hospital or has a loved one who's gone to a hospital by ambulance, you know it's very expensive and you know insurance won't usually cover it. Well, when you have to be airlifted by a helicopter, it's much more expensive and yeah, insurance won't cover that either. Air Med Care Network exists to make sure you don't risk bankruptcy in the event that someone in your house has to be airlifted to a hospital for medical treatment. So when you sign up at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and use promo code daily, 
not only are they going to give you coverage for your entire household for one year for $85, but they're also going to give you money back up to 50 bucks, depending on how many years you sign up for. So again, that's airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. Well, that's where it becomes a little bit sticky. Like for the last two years, we've been fighting for the basic premise that it, that no business, whether it be private, a public entity, should have any say over over someone's vaccination status, right? Where like it, it, they shouldn't be allowed to say you can't come in if you're unvaccinated. Do you have any concerns that obviously you're doing it for the right intentions? Do you have any, any concerns that you might be going down the same kind of path of of taking someone's vaccination status and and making it? Obviously, you say it's not going to be a, a, fat, a, a hard set rule, but do you have any concerns that by saying that if you're vaccinated, if your kids are vaccinated, you aren't a good fit for the community, that you might be doing a similar thing that that the vaxxers are doing? You know, I look at it more like, um, you know, my my before I built my school, I had my daughter in a Jewish school and they have a rule. If you're not an Orthodox Jew, you cannot basically your, your kid can't go there past pre-K four. And we're not Orthodox. We're reform. So it's their rule. They're building a community and within their community, if you are not an Orthodox Jew, you can't be at their school. And I respect that. That's, that's the community they're building. That's what they want to do for their school. And so I look at our school the same way. It's not about vax versus unvax. It's the same thing with food. I've had parents where we've toured and said, you know, my child only eats pizza and pasta. Will you let me pack pasta every day gluten-filled pasta every day to take to school because my child won't eat anything else and I said look this is not the right school for you we want parents that's okay if that's what you're doing we want parents that are open to maybe doing things a different way and actually help educate their child to eating vegetables eating healthy because it's part of our holistic viewpoint on our kids we're about a healthy way of living and so if you take out the vax versus unvax, it's not about that. It's what is our our way of living and do they align? You, we have some parents that come in that say, you know, I don't want my child doing sound bowl healing or meditating. Great. Then this is not the right community for you because it's not a community where you can pick and choose. Like this is who we are. This is what we're doing. You're either in alignment or you're not. You don't teach critical race theory, do you? Absolutely not. We are. Do you teach gender fluidity? That's one of. No, absolutely okay. not. We're going to have to have a fight here on on air about those two things: recruiting kids at a young age, grooming them to be a de have a deviant lifestyle. For me, is just unacceptable, and it'd be hard pressed not to think that that's what they're not doing with 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 gender fluidity, specifically. When we interview teachers, we specifically ask them what are their views on CRT. What are their views on, on teaching kids that they can choose their gender at five years old? And we have not hired many people because they support both of those. And I'm against it. I mean, I'm, I'm against teaching Big Bang Theory because schools are teaching Big Bang Theory as a fact. You cannot yeah. teach Big Bang Theory as a fact because it is not a fact. No. So I tell our teachers, you need to stick to the facts. If you want to present two theories and put them side by side and let the kids use their critical thinking brain 
to analyze it themselves and, 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 and build a discussion around it, I'm fine with that. But you cannot teach a theory as a fact. And sadly, that's what's happening in schools all over the country. They're teaching Darwinism as a fact. Do you teach Common Core Math? You cannot math? teach Darwinism as a fact. Do you teach Common Core Math? Well, we, we teach Singapore math and we teach different, you know, they are able to pull into their bag of different ways of teaching math to get the point across, yeah. but we're not stuck to one type of math. Yeah, know? so I'm a math guy. So, and, and uh, I like finite math and I like looking at statistics and it's a statistical fact that 20 years ago before they implemented Common Core math, if you go back 20 years, there's only 2% of the same population of kids that are reaching the highest level of math today as opposed to what they were doing 20 years ago, right? 2%. So for a generation what that's supposed to have a higher... What were they doing 20 years ago? Well, they, they had basic math principles. I mean, it was a standardized math, right? I think is what they called it. They implemented Common Core math in, in uh, 1994, I think it was. And since 1994, you go back 20... They would go back 20 years, but since then, only 2% of the population that reached by percentage reached the highest level of math right reaches it today that's a wow. that's a damning statistic and wow because math is in and I, and I know that you have a school so i'm not trying to teach the teacher um, both of my kids are highly educated but they were educated long before they went to college my daughter's a cyber engineer my son is a senior at a at a prominent uh university and, uh, but, but I always taught them that the principles of math are in everything. They're in what you read, they're in English, they're in science, they're in, math is in everything. Um, but the average um, reading level of a kid today is I think at just at the eighth grade reading level, where if you go back in time 20 years, again, it was at the 11th grade year, reading level was the average, and that included all the inner city. Now the inner cities are less than a sixth grade reading level as an average, graduating from high school. So I, I just think that we do such a poor job of understanding the impact because we're older, and then we think, oh, we're gonna do these great things, and then you have people like Bill Gates that are right in the middle of it. If frankly, Bill Gates, if, if, if what he's doing is so great, why is there so much degradation happening in our society? It just it seems counterproductive yeah. to to where we want to be. I'm a walking so encyclopedia of worthless information. I, so I, I think there's been a strategic there's strategic thing our education system and deteriorating everything within the education system because that's how you take down a pop, a, a country. You take take them down through their kids, and by us dumbing our kids down by the world vaccinating their kids at one day old with a hepatitis B vaccine that has 10 times the amount of aluminum in it, okay, you're immediately putting us at a disadvantage. Yes. Because that aluminum is doing a lot of bad stuff to the brains of our children. And sadly, so many parents are just trusting the medical system and they're like, here, take my baby inject my baby with stuff I have no idea. What's hepatitis it's... B? Who gets hepatitis B? Drug users and prostitutes. So when is a baby going to encounter a drug user or a prostitute? When is that going to happen? You it could isn't. easily test the mom for hepatitis B when they're pregnant, right before they deliver. And so all of this so... st stuff is done strategically to dumb down our society. 
um, Bobby Kennedy told me that that on average we are we are as a population 10 IQ points dumber or lower whatever you want to call it than we've ever been and he contributes it to the 72 vaccines that our youth are getting today compared to when I was a child I got four shots yeah so let, let me let me ask you this so the vaccine you you, you walked away from the the rule obviously it makes sense for department of education funding i want to ask you about a hypothetical and what would happen in this situation you have a kid you have you have a family who didn't respond to your question about whether they're going to give their kids the vaccine doesn't mean a yes or no it really just means they didn't respond if they have one older kid in school right and then want to bring in their younger sibling and they tell you that the younger sibling has gotten the covid 19 vaccine would you admit that child or would you say that child's not a good fit? You know, it, it's probably more of a family fit than not, right? So if a family wants to give their child this shot, you know, hey, why do you want to be at our school? We're clearly against it. You know we're against it. I've said many times that I'm against it. Is this a place that you want to be? And, you know, we've had to let parents, families out of the contract in the middle of the year because they weren't the right fit. We've had to let families out of the contract because, you know, because of the food situation, you know, so. Or because, because of the, the type of food that you actually feed them. Yeah, we have some parents that, like I said, we had some parents and this was more last year where um, they were just like, angry that we're not serving pasta every day we have gluten free yeah. pasta like there's so much glyphosate sadly in our country you know if you go to europe the pasta is not the same as it is here but because we allow the 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 you know the monsantos and all of these companies to put all the glyphosate in our food gluten has the glyphosate in it and not to mention yeah. there's so many other things around gluten because we don't have the same restrictions as Europe does. So are, are you saying that so, in this hypothetical, which is still just a hypothetical, we don't know if it would ever happen, but in this hypothetical, you wouldn't admit the younger child who had gotten the vaccine, even though their older sibling was at the school. Yeah. And, and, and the parent would probably be not be renewed for the following year. Oh, so and, so and the older sibling, even, even if they weren't vaccinated, they wouldn't be renewed. If their family is supporting this shot, they probably would not be renewed at our school. Correct. I, I understand what you're doing. You I know? just this th this makes me nervous. It makes me nervous because I mean, we're fighting to make vaccine status a protected class um, so that no one has the right to deny entry on your vaccine status. This guy, I, I understand what you're doing it and and it, you have the best intentions. I just, th this makes me nervous to, to penalize someone for vaccine status. We don't want anyone to be penalized in any business for vaccine status one way or the other. It just, I, I would, I would recommend you to, to think about that. Well, I would say though, that it, it wouldn't just be the shot again. It's a mindset thing, right? It's really a mindset thing. It's not about the vaccine. Did you vaccinate or not? It's if somebody is giving their child this shot, there's probably a lot of other things that we're not in alignment with. And my job is not to 
push what we're doing on parents, but parents that want to be part of this community, they are. Like for example, last year, I had 14 parents leave our school because they were mad I wasn't mandating the masks. And they said, you know, you're putting my children at harm, in harm's way. We have a different mindset. So we let them out of their contracts and we let them find a school where masks were mandatory. We've had teachers who didn't want to teach at our school because we weren't mandating masks. It's a mindset thing. This vaccine, whether to vaccinate or not, is part of the whole mindset thing. And I think the reason why when we sent out the email, none of our parents sent an email back saying they want to vaccinate their child. The ones that are still with us understand basic math. Their kids have a virtual 100% survival rate from this. Why would I even consider exposing my child to something that they have a potential of dying from? They have a higher or, chance. Or, I read an article. That they or, have a 50%, or, or respectfully, they have, or, or respectfully, they, 50, they, they just want their kid to be able to finish the school year and are adopting like a don't ask, don't tell policy on their own. I mean, that could be it too. No, I don't think so because we had such turmoil last school year. There was such turmoil around the vaccine thing that the people that were pro vaccines, they not just pro vaccines, but pro the COVID shots, especially for their kids, they left. And many of them even told me as soon as it becomes available for my child, I want to give it to my child. And so they knew who we were. They knew what we were doing. There was no hiding it. Right. So they left the school. And then I had 105 new parents come in from all over the country. Why? They didn't want their kids being in a class where all the kids were vaccinated because they had personal stories themselves. One family, their mother, who was in menopause, came out of menopause after being around a bunch of vaccinated people. So I've attracted a community of like-minded people that understand that I'm trying to keep our community safe. And because of all these cases that are happening, we don't know what we don't know. And let's be to something that we don't know. I mean, th think about it. This shot has been yeah. known a year. There is so much about this that we don't know. And women, our bodies sync up. You guys don't know this, of course. But if you put five women in a household together, our periods will all become aligned. Why? Because there is something that is happening that is connecting our systems together. So what does that mean in terms of the shot? They haven't thoroughly tested it. They can do it. They can put some rats in a cage that have been vaccinated and some rats that haven't been, and they could test this, but they're not. And so until the data is out, until the research has been fully done, until there is a definite yes or no, especially because the Pfizer protocol document if you've seen this on page 67 to 69, clearly states that if you are unvaccinated and you are around a vaccinated person that's in the study and you are experiencing adverse effects, you need to report it to the investigator immediately. Why is that in the Pfizer protocol document if there's no such possible way to be impacted by somebody recently vaccinated? Why is there a, a, a death case of a five-month-old baby that was not vaccinated who di died within 24 hours of the mom breastfeeding? There is something there. And until I see conclusive evidence, this is my school, 
and I'm going to protect my kids because they're there eight hours a day and they are my responsibility while they're the eight hours a day. Whatever parents decide to do afterwards, that's, that's their responsibility. But just like I wouldn't allow, you know, you know, kids to come in drunk or on drugs, you know, because we know that impacts others. I'm not going to let the possibility when we just don't know what we don't know to have to just allow this to be a free for all. Yeah. And, you know, that's why I have yeah. my own school. Yeah, I, under, I understand. I just I would I would urge you to consider that a family making a private medical decision is not in the same vein as kids eating pizza or kids eating gluten pasta. Well, well I mean, just that, be, that's... I just be very careful not to open the door because obviously you're doing it for the right intentions. But the, the things I'm hearing you say about we want to protect our community, we want to do what's best for the community. The other side is saying the exact same thing. And they're using the same logic to put up signs that say, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come inside. So again, obviously you'll do what, what you think is best. I would just recommend that you make sure you don't adopt a policy that is just as restrictive as what the other side is doing using the same logic, but for different reasons. I, I will say, tell you, here's the biggest difference. Here's the biggest difference. I hear you, but here's the biggest difference. The CDC has said it themselves, okay? People who, have, who are vaccinated can transmit the virus just as easily as people who are unvaccinated. In fact, I've heard that the, the vaccinated people have over 250 times the viral amount in their nasal pathways, okay? They can transmit it just as easily and they can get it just as easily. The only thing the shot does is it decreases your own symptoms. That's what they say it does, okay? That's per the CDC. Now, the thing that's not conclusive and that needs to be researched is the impact on the unvaccinated. And I'm saying I'm being safe and conservative until that information is out, until we know more to be able to make a better decision. Yeah. And because this is my community, I'm able to make these decisions. And for the people that don't like it, like they have done, they've, they're choosing a community that fits them better. For example, there's a school up the yeah. street, a private school that puts kids behind plexiglass. They wear masks eight hours a day. Two weeks ago, they said they're going to force masking outside because cases have gone up within their school. And I have parents who love that. I know parents who love that environment because they feel that keeps their kids safe. Now, if you come to my school, if you did that, if I turned around and put that policy in place, my parents would be outraged. So again, yeah. Yeah. fortunately, we're in a free country where you can choose where to send your kids to school. You don't have to send them to my school. Only bring them to my school if you're com comfortable with my environment, which is this is what we're fostering. This is what we're supporting yeah. here. Well, well, Layla, I want to thank you so much for stopping by. We're, we're almost out of time. We have to pivot to another topic, but I want to wish you the best of luck. And uh, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, God bless you. Thank you. All thank right. you, guys. God bless you, guys. Bye-bye. You know, it, it's interesting that you'd have a, a, a strategy to um, kind of adopt the other side, the other side of, of uh, you know, making sure that it's only unvaccinated kids, right? Or that, families. That scares that the hell out of me. It, it does. It, well, it scares me because it's creating a separate society. Now, I, I'm not saying that we don't, that, that you can't have that. Uh, you can. I just think that the division becomes more of a, of a caste system. And, and they've been trying this and creating this caste system all over the world. They did it there before they brought it here. 
And that's what you're seeing here. So uh, this kind of just falls in line with that kind of radical idea that, you know, it's okay if you want to be vaccinated, you live in this community and we'll live in this community. And um, as many people have said in the comments, some agree with it, some don't agree with it. But um, I, I think it's a, it's a dangerous yeah. precedent because you don't understand what it does yeah. to your societal norms. And that by itself is, are you going to have separate football games, separate soccer games? Yeah, yeah. The unvaccinated kids versus the unvaccinated kids and the vaccinated kids against the vaccinated kids. Are you going to have it then carry down to societal norms of, 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 of income? Because really, that, if, yeah, we're, if we're going to do yeah. that, we're going to go back to the 20s and 30s, which, by the way, the yeah. 20s and 30s were filled with caste-created systems in the United States. And a lot of that had to do with mass immigration. Mass immigration and came the, in. And the Depression. Well, in the Depression, but even before that, <laughs> even before that, going into the 30s and 40s, we had a caste system that had developed. And that caste system is much like what we're re-experiencing right now, is that we had this influx yeah. of immigration that came in that failed to identify or assimilate to the population here. Then you had other people that, that saw that were, that, you know, one generation Americans, because literally about 25% of America today is a one generation or so American. So you take that 25% and you put it over here and then you bring in these mass influx and then you're like, oh, they should be able to just speak Spanish if they want. But what you're doing is you're actually hindering the ability for them to assimilate into a society that has societal norms. That creates a caste system that breaks up and divides your ability to see. Well, we've done it with angle. everyone. We've done it with that? everyone. It, it wasn't even it wasn't even always just language. I mean, in Boston, during the Irish immigration, they had signs Boston, New York, that said Irish need not apply, even though the Irish could speak English, albeit with an accent. Accent, and they were white yeah. and looked just like the Americans at the time, right? It was just where you were from. Even if you were right. trying to assimilate, they still want nothing to do with you. Uh, the, the, obviously, she's going to do what she wants to do, but it just makes me really nervous. And and to see the comparison to Orthodox Judaism, I don't think it has any basis because that's a different protected right. If you want to practice your religion, you have every right to practice your religion. Um, obviously, if they want to have an Orthodox Jewish school, they have every right to make sure that Sunni Muslims and, and Shia Muslims aren't enrolling, right? I mean, uh, th th that seems like a different issue. If, if we're going to start separating into vaccinated and unvaccinated, like you said, it's it's going to it's going to cause a lot of problems. That and also, um, not I haven't completely bought into the idea of the different shedding. I don't even know if 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 it's truly scientifically sound, um, but that's another episode. Yeah, That's so episode. It, it, it is, again, the, these are the dangers that people don't understand by having a, a very centered approach to not looking outside the blinders and understanding what's happening in other nations. I've traveled to 65 countries in a six and a half year period of time. I've seen some crazy things in my life. And that, those crazy things, when I start seeing the, the familiarity of those crazy things that happen there, happen here, I look and I go, yeah, it's, it's a, what we're dealing with right now is a color revolution. It is people on the inside that are literally trying to destroy everything about America so they can weaken its posture in the, the world community so they can implement this globalism. And you can say that that's a conspiracy theory. It's not a theory number one, and it's not a conspiracy, they're saying it out loud. They're actually talking about it. They're paying people to get on the streets and create chaos because they want to make you fearful. 
this whole idea of doxing, that happened way back, that, that's been happening for literally the last 40 years over in Africa and the Middle East. It's called shaming. And they would publicly shame people that did not agree with them. It happened over in China. They use this psychological warfare in order to create this place where you feel like you don't want to put your hand on the stove. Ah, you know what? I just want to live. I just want to have fun. I just want to be able to go hang out with my family. And that's why people are being sucked into this. I have people in my family that went and got the vaccine and, and did not tell me. And then when they did tell me, I, I just I said, I got to go. I got off the phone, right? People that are very close to me got the vaccine. And I'm like, hey, look, God bless you. I hope nothing happens to you. But right now, they, they are literally creating an environment where they are letting people die. They are killing people. It's kind of like the remdesivir. You know, the statistic is 709,000 people, 709,000 of the nearly 800,000 people that died of COVID, 709,000, 709,000, nearly 90% of the people that died of COVID, all were given remdesivir. All of them were given remdesivir. 90% people, 90, 90% of those people were given remdesivir. 90%. You know the statistic they actually do not track is how many people they gave remdesivir that lived. They don't track that. Or how many of the oh, people well, ended up on the, on the, the dialysis. Yeah. Or, and why, by the way, if you look yeah. at, at DaVita, one of the largest kidney dialysis companies in the country, they exploded in 2020 and in 2021 by almost 700, 800%. Go look it up. They're a publicly traded company. Go look it up. I'm not lying. I'm telling the truth. Go look up what is happening right now with kidney failure and some of the other things, and let's draw a line, a conclusion to what's really happening in our medical community, and let's get doctors to stand together. There was a study that came out where doctors were at, asked in a blind study whether or not they supported the current protocols for COVID-19. Do you know what percentage, Max, actually did not agree with it and said that it was dangerous? In the questionnaire, it was dangerous. Oh, probably, about, probably a lot, yeah. 71%. 71% of the doctors and nurses yeah. that, were, that, were, that were blind questionnaire. In other words, they can't go back and figure out who it is. Blind. Now, the, the sample size was 915. So they had 915 doctors and nurses that were, that were surveyed. And of that, 71% of those people said that what they're doing with COVID-19, they cannot support it, and it's dangerous. It does not fit. Well, that, that's the challenge. That's the challenge of proving the negative, right? So remdesivir comes in. I, have, I haven't done as deep of a dive into the research in remdesivir as you have, but the, the difficulty in proving, that, proving beyond any doubt that remdesivir killed people is, is trying to prove that, that negative, right? Because when people die after taking remdesivir, they're basically put into the category of remdesivir didn't work. Right. It was COVID that killed them. That's how they're being labeled. So it, it, it's and then when they only give remdesivir to the the, the worst cases. Right. The that's cases not true. That are already potentially, but I mean, that that's the game that they played with hydroxychloroquine. Right. They gave hydroxychloroquine to people who were already on a ventilator. And then they said, oh, hydroxychloroquine didn't work. Right. So they, they play games with this. The difficulty in proving it beyond any doubt is you really need to have these controlled blind studies, which they're not doing with these things. They're, they're, they're just giving them to everyone, throwing the kitchen sink at, at these cases. It, it's hard to isolate variables. 
Um, do I think that remdesivir has has negative effects on the body? Absolutely, right? I, I think that's that's very well founded. So does chemotherapy, right? There's lots of drugs that we give people that could also kill them on their own. The goal is to kill the thing that's killing them faster. So there's lots of studies that need, but we didn't roll out chemotherapy until it had years and years and years of studies either, right? So there's lots of research that needs to be done. And the most terrifying thing is that the research is happening on the people in the hospitals now. Okay, so let me, explain something, to, let me explain something to you. Maybe this will help. The virus actually doesn't kill you. It's the reaction to the virus your body has that kills yeah. you, right? And so any sort of solution like remdesivir should be a blocker of the causation, the thing that causes the, the most damage to your body. And remdesivir does not do that. It, it does not block the reaction that your body has to the virus, where if you look at ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, if used as a prophylactic, ivermectin can be used afterwards if you're not far enough down the, down the, down the uh, pathway. Yeah. But used as a prophylactic and or as an early treatment does block your body's reaction to that virus. And it, it's done that over. Yeah. T it's done that literally for 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 multiple diseases because most viruses fo follow the same critical path. Yeah. Right. And so you look at remdesivir and you look at the reason why they used it. They first used it with Ebola patients, which, by the way, it killed fifty percent of those within well, the first seven days, and it killed the other fifty percent well, within also one kills, year. It, Ebola also kills almost everyone who gets it. So yes. Ebola has a much higher fatality rate. So that's what I mean, right? We 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 don't know if it killed those people because they probably would have died anyway. And that's the whole, I mean, chemotherapy will kill you too. Remdesivir, the whole purpose is to Remdesivir was also given to, given to animals in clinical trials as well and killed every animal that it was given. Yeah, every yeah, animal, yeah. every animal. Yeah. So, so we're not talking about studies that people, uh, oh, look, no. if, you just, if you just settle in on the studies that are out there on the, the solutions to this virus, we are literally running around like Chicken Little. They want us to create chaos so they can implement and put on all of these yeah. different sidewalks that when we turn back around and pay attention to it after it's all gone, we look around and we're like, well, what are these sidewalks? Well, they've always been here. And that is the problem with yeah. the government that we have today is that that government is not there to protect us. It's there to destroy us. It's there to yeah. enslave us. It's there to take away more from us. They're talking about tax increases while, frankly, the stock market is going up and down and the futures look terrible. Why? Because they're looking at this new variant, which, by the way, is only one person, one study that came out that said there's this new mega variant that's out there. And it's just not true. It's just not true. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's why we need all these studies. Yeah. If remdesivir killed all the lab animals, that's hugely a cause for concern right but if you give chocolate to puppies that can also kill them too and it will be fine for us so just because something kills animals you need years and years of studies to make sure that it won't do the same to humans remdesivir it it, it blocks the viral replication if the virus has already rep replicated enough to cause the damage it's not going to reverse the damage right it, it and the whole question is is it worth giving them remdesivir to block viral replication if it also kills their kidneys Right. right. I mean, that that's that's the, the stuff that you need to spend years and years and years of researching um, at all the different stages right now. Like, oh, congratulations. We killed COVID-19, but we also killed your kidneys. That's not really a, you can't put that on a Hallmark card. Right. So we have to obviously in, in severe cases, there are some people who get COVID-19 and it is a death sentence for them. I mean, we've been all about right to try where they should be have the right to throw everything and the kitchen sink at anything that's killing them. Right believe in that but we also need to understand that just because a drug is approved doesn't mean it's 
it's as safe as possible for everyone, right? And if you beat COVID nineteen, it doesn't matter if you also need a liver, a kidney transplant. That's out of the frying pan into the fire at that point. Yeah, I, I just. I look at the fact that we have a lack of knowledge, and the lack of knowledge is caused by the inability to do research. And, we, and it goes to kind of what the, our guest was talking about as far as RFK um, saying, RFK Jr. saying that we're actually 10% or 10 uh, points lower as far as our intelligence, and you can see that lack of intelligence. And the reason being is because it's, it becomes one-dimensional. We concentrate on, on our electronic devices and, and doing things over and over and over again. Games are, are, are designed to be repetitive. So you actually miss a large landscape of the things that are necessary in order to make you intelligent. And one of those things is, Max, that you're, frankly, really good at is doing research, diving into it. You're a bookworm when it comes to just researching the fundamentals <laughs> I've read more scientific journal articles than I ever wanted to in my entire life uh, this year. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> but I mean, but even giving into, in, into law theory and some of the other things that you dive into to look at the causation, like you, we, we've talked about things that were coming down the pike and you're like, Joe, this, this uh, bill is coming out. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't see the significance of that bill. And you go, this bill is going to lead down the slippery slope to this, 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 and this. And I'm like, ah, man, I'm not sure I see it. Sure enough. Six months later, we're talking about this, 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 and this. And I'm like, holy, holy crap. Oh, he almost had you, Mr. Producer. You almost had to do a, <laughs> almost had to do a beep on me. Um, I just say it. Make him, make him do it anyway. <laughs> and, and, and I've probably read 2,000, 2,500 books, I, and, and I can't stop reading. Like I wake up in the morning and I read. During the day, I read. Um, while I'm sitting here talking and listening to her talk about her school, I'm looking at what her school really does um, and the expansion that she has, I, I center in on things and where I start to zone off is when you start talking about caste system and segregation and yeah. I, I can't support it personally. I can't. Um, so you start looking at these different pieces, you start looking at the different pieces that are, are affecting our society. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that we do, we lack the, we lack the mental maturity and we lack the fortitude to, to, to look past that 20 second TikTok video or that headline or some TikToks TikToks can be three minutes now. All I'll right. have you know. If you have a thousand followers, you can make it three minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean we, we gotta go through a lot of things. Like I I I'd love to have an an episode on this where we have people on both sides because the issue of vaccine of the vaccine shedding, it's fascinating because you have situations like she was describing where the, the baby dies after breastfeeding, where someone in close uh, vicinity is someone who got vaccinated has an adverse result. The other side of it, though, when you look at the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, it, it's a non-replicating adenovirus. So they basically code into the adenovirus. It can't replicate. And they code in the spike protein data so that when your body sees it, it promptly destroys it and then teaches the other cells in your body how to fight back if they ever see it again. It's kind of like the cell phone. I was putting this in the comment sections for DLive. It's kind of like the cell phone that they give to Ethan Hunt in Mission Impossible movies. Here is your mission if you if you choose to accept it. It tells him what to do. And then what happens to the cell phone? It self-destructs. So when you look at the mRNA technology has tons of side effects. Yes, the basics of what they're trying to do with it is just like that cell phone to give the information to your cells, have yeah. your cells promptly destroy what gave them the information and then go about their mission. Um, so I have lots of questions about how that can be shed because if your body destroys the thing, giving it the information, how can it shed a live version of it? So I have tons of questions. I'd love to do an episode of people who are on both sides of it 
uh, because it's an interesting question. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's not technically shedding. Maybe it's another word that we don't even have for it yet. But um, I mean, that's how you can shed the measles vaccine because some measles vaccines will have a live inactivated virus in them where it's possible to shed the virus, right? Chickenpox too. It's possible to shed some chickenpox vaccines because they give it with live viruses. I'd love to do an episode trying to dive into it, have people who believe it, who have people who think it isn't happening and, and try and get to the bottom of it. Cause it's, it's a huge question, but I don't think we know enough about it to necessarily kick kids out of school if their parents make a medical decision for them. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm prepared to, to, you know, again, I, I don't think there's enough information out there about it, which is why it's so dangerous for them to say it's now approved for five to 13 year olds. Right? Yeah. And, and frankly, I would never play Russian roulette with my children. I mean, look, our, our lives are half over. My life is half over. Right. I mean, there's a, there's a there's a high probability it's more than three quarters of the way over. So, you know, based on that, my, my life is pretty much over. I mean, I'm I don't want to say it's pretty much I mean, it's over, but it's it's almost over. Right. And so I can either hang on to the last breath or I can protect those that come after me and make sure that they have the quality of life and have the opportunity that, that I had previous, that I was afforded to previously. And I'm just not sure that actually I'm, I know I'm sure that giving this stuff to the kids is meant to hurt them. It's meant to hurt them. That we agree. There's, there's no real benefit. Um, we're almost out of time, but I know you want to talk about something else. Joe, did you see this new Variant. It's actually they're actually going to call it the new variant NU because they can't call it Botswana. They can't call it South Africa. That would be racist. So they've conveniently reached the part of the Greek alphabet where you reach the letter new. So the new variant is being called the new variant, and it apparently is going to kill us all. It has it has morphed, has evolved, have a different spike protein, and it has had two more evolutions. To uh, the I don't know all the specifics. I'm still in the process of reading into it. Two other specifics that make it more deadly, especially for children. So it doesn't work. The vaccines don't work and it's going to kill all the kids. But don't worry, the Pfizer group, Pfizer CEO says, don't worry, they're going to have a new vaccine for this in 100 days. No, don't worry. No, sky's falling and they're going to lift it up just like Atlas held up the world. No, Pfizer, Pfizer to the rescue. I'm telling you right now, if you give a vaccine to your children, there's something wrong with you. They literally are trying to kill off our society. They're trying to kill off our society. I'm trying to see if I can find this, this one thing, Max, that I think was, was interesting. That, um, and it was a report on um, the population. And let me see if I can find it here. Where's Eric at? He sent this to me. This was from, and I haven't been able to, to um, look further into it. But it said that the population of the United States would go from 327 million to 100 million by 2025. And I was like, wait a minute, that can't be right. And then I went back and researched it, and I don't know the validity of why, but it did sh- show that we were going to have a, a population, this was a few years ago, a population reduction um, going into the mid part of the century, a significant reduction. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if, we can put up my, if we can put up my screen real quick, because we are almost out of time, this is what they are using now to justify, I mean, they just shut down travel to South Africa in Singapore, Europe, different parts of Asia, they closed off all travel to South Africa. If you see here on the screen, I apologize for anyone listening to the audio version, I'll explain it to you. 
th this graph shows the other variants, beta, alpha, de delta, and then B11529, which is this Botswana, South African new variant. It is a little blip up, and they are now shutting down all air travel to South Africa. Now, Biden will never do that. That would be very racist. Actually, I don't know, Joe. Is it racist to, to shut down traffic to South Africa? It is, without a doubt, the whitest of all African countries. Is it racist to shut down? Do you hear anything coming out of Africa? China, by the way? I mean, I have friends that no, are Chinese. China. <laughs> you see them <laughs> sitting there about quietly it well? in the corner saying, the, don't look at us. We had nothing to do with this. Listen, nope. every, everyone in China is fine. They're fine. And you know what they're not? They're not vaccinated. I, I think a lot more people died than they admit. Like they've said that like 4,000 people, whatever the number is, I don't think that that was real. Right. There's, there's no way that only Americans have died from this. Americans and Brazilians, come on. Listen, 15% of the population that died, died in, in the United States, which is not a third world country. I mean, what does that tell you about, what does that tell you about what's happening? I mean, guys, you, you don't have to, to be a rocket scientist. You do not have to be a rocket I went in. I went to the doctor. I went to the doctor to get, uh, I got impaled. My leg got impaled. And they said, <laughs> you want to take a tetanus shot? You want to take a tetanus shot? tell the story until they take the stitches out. <laughs> yeah, so I actually broke most of the stitches working out. So. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. <sighs> Yo, the only person to get impaled by an arrow last week. Actually, yeah. I, I looked it up. There was at least 700 other people based on statistics who got impaled by arrows. But I think you might be the only one who got impaled by an arrow attached to a picture frame. <laughs> picture frame. So, so <laughs> we're going to put that on a plaque and we'll hang that in in your office right next to uh, right next to all your signed jerseys and signed footballs. Only one in America. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't... Uh... I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but I can tell you right now, I don't want to go to a hospital. I don't want to go to a hospital. I, I want nothing to do with a hospital. I'm not putting a, a vaccine in my body. That's not a vaccine. And, and we, we, we can trace back every single problem, every single problem that we have in this nation, every single problem without, without exception, every single problem goes back to the leadership of our nation and the leadership at a local and state level. Every single societal problem we have is tied back to the government's ineffective and inability to support and do the right thing by the American people. Every single problem without exception. Every problem has to do with the fact that we have weak and ineffectual leadership in our nation on both sides of the aisle that do nothing for the yeah. American people and do everything for themselves. They stuff their faces and they do nothing to help you and talk about how smart they are and how much smarter than you they are. And these are the dumbest human beings known to man running our country and running our state and local government. And, and the reason why I say that is because even when they know they're wrong, they don't stand up. I would, be, I would venture to say of the 7,500 people we have in our nation that, are, that hold elected office, less than 10% of them have courage. Less than ten yeah. percent have courage. We'll stand up for the right thing. Go ahead. We are almost out of time, and I know you want to plug something that a friend of yours is working on. Yes, um, I do. I do. Give you the last couple of minutes to do that. All right. Listen, I know you guys are paying attention here. I know it's a day after. It is Black Friday, and I have a friend, and he is, uh, dude, he is amazing. And I'm going to tell you a little bit a part of his story real quick before I tell you what I'm about to tell you. And that is, um, I, I've worked with him. He's a colleague. He's been working for on this game for the last 14 years. And he built a board game called 
HexaQuest. And HexaQuest is a, is a board game that has a bunch of trivia questions and has different modules you can buy. And um, his partner in this venture, who helped bring it to light, um, died tragically um, during COVID. Didn't see the light of day. Again, another statistic that was lost in all of the chaos that gets created and lack of hope that our government and this poor leadership creates. And so he finally got it over the, over the finish, finish line. And so there's a three-minute video that I want to play. And this, the game's called HexaQuest. It's a strategic uh, trivia game. It uh, is on Kickstarter. It has a Black Friday special. Um, so you'll have that. It'll be available until Monday as well. The game itself has multiple levels. I got the founder's level. I think the founder's level might be sold out. Um, it has been out there for 13 days. We will put the the link to it as well in the description for all of this. He did not ask me to do this. I told him I would do this because, frankly, it's an amazing game. If you like Trivia Pursuit, you like sitting around with family, this is, a, I think, a better quality, um, and it's just amazing. Can we go ahead and play that three-minute video? Okay, Mr. Producer, go ahead and play the three-minute video on HexaQuest. Sorry, two seconds. Uh, All right. I, well, we it reminds me it. of Cones of Dunshire, right, the, yeah. the hexagons. Yeah, it it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool game. Hi, I'm Martin. I'm the founder of Tumbling Heads, and I'm the creator of HexaQuest. HexaQuest is a trivia game with 1,500 fun and diverse questions in six different categories. We have the backpacker, the gourmet, the historian, the tree hugger, the movie buff, and finally, the wise man, which is a category where everything goes. The concept of HexaQuest is an idea I had more than 15 years ago, but I always knew that one day that dream would come to fruition. The basic concept was to have a game where players had much greater control of the experience. I wanted them to be able to choose which categories they were the best at and they had the most fun with. And be able to choose how difficult questions were. And I wanted to do this without having a game board and without using dice. But let me tell you that even though it obviously hasn't been an everyday occurrence working on HexaQuest for 15 years, it's been quite the journey. I've gone through so many different versions of HexaQuest. A variety of prototypes for the hexagons, different card qualities, different box designs, and in general, just finding a way to get the quality to the point I wanted it to be, while still maintaining a great price point. We've been played. And today, I am so happy and so proud to announce that it is finished. It is ready to go, and I can't wait for all of you to play it. So I've managed to secure half the funding for the project. And with this Kickstarter and the amazing products I have to offer, I'll be able to secure the rest with your help. So let's talk pledge levels. What's actually on offer? First off, we have the base game. The base game of HexaQuest has six cool categories with 1500 questions, and they're split out on 300 cards. It comes with 65 beautifully crafted hexagons that has weight, that has a good feel to it, and a UV printed box for that high quality finish. Expansion packs are what make HexaQuest really unique. It's a way to extend your game, to extend the game duration, and to make sure that every player has a niche category that they really enjoy. 
If you're not interested in getting all six expansions at once, they are also available as add-ons. Just be aware that you're getting a really good discount by buying the full package. You can learn more about these exciting expansion packs in the description below. Now here I have something truly special. It's a limited Founders Edition that's only ever going to be produced in 50 copies, with 45 of those being available during this campaign. The Founders Edition comes with the entire base game and even has room for six full expansion packs. So at this point, I invite you to check out what's on offer and hopefully become part of the HexaQuest family. Game on! Oh, so it's like a, it seems like a fun game. It is. It is really fun. It is on Kickstarter. I put the links up everywhere. It's you know the the great part about it is that I'm not. I was never much of a game gamer, right? I mean, I like games. I play this game called uh, Sequence, which I think is kind of fun. Um, but this this particular game is actually is that the one with amazing. the dice. Yeah. No. 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 That's the one with the cards. It's a card game. But it's the, the, it truly is a, a great game, and um, yeah, so I think it's I think it could be really great for everyone. It's called Hexaquest. You can find it on Kickstarter, and that's H E X A Q U E S T. And Martin Soderham is the one that actually is the founder and the creator of it. And uh, if you didn't notice by his um, uh, accent, uh, he is a European. <laughs> uh, he had me opinion. a tree hugger he had yeah. me a tree hugger he's a good dude he's a really 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 good guy um and uh you know i'm honored to be his friend and uh you know again i, I got the founder i don't know if there's any founders left i guess i'm trying to look right now uh, oh looks like there's a couple of them left there's only 16 left of those so um, if you get a chance to get that, that's the one that's made out of a, a wood deal that's handmade. I had to get it. I, I wanted to make sure I had it. So, well, whatever edition you get, Gordon and Faye are going to win. <laughs> Every time I play any game at your house, Gordon and Faye and Grandma always win. Yeah, they're so, pretty amazing. I'm, I'm, sh I'm sure they've already gotten an advanced copy and are reading all the rules. Well, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're almost out of, out of time, Joe. Give you the, the final word. Hey, listen, I had a great Thanksgiving, and uh, we have a lot to be grateful for. And now that we the, the holiday is over, let's get back to taking a deep breath, and let's protect the things among us that we've let people strip from us little by little. They've taken down statues. They've changed history books. They've re revised history to fit them. I think it's time that we, I think it's time that we take a, a step back and say, no, line in the sand's here. You guys need to go get a job. We need to start setting ethical standards for our communities, and it starts with you. It starts with us having a courageous voice. You don't necessarily have to get up and scream at people. I think I had an aha moment. I want to end it with this aha moment. So yesterday I had an aha moment where I'm watching this thing called Ted Lasso. Have you heard of Ted Lasso, Max? No. So Ted Lasso is a, a TV show. It's on uh, um, Apple. I don't have anything else, so I, I watch the Apple movies on the, the Apple uh, device. And, uh, it was talking about a soccer player who is from Nigeria and, uh, they, they made him a spokesperson for a, an airline that was sponsored the team as well. And, uh, his dad sent him back and said, do you know that that, that airline is owned by an oil company that has killed 
and hurt many people in the Niger Delta area. Now I've been to the Niger Delta area, so it kind of hit hard for me because I used to make a decision that I never stopped at a Shell gas station because Shell, ga Shell gas, oil and gas, is responsible for the death of hundreds of thousands of Nigerians in the area of the Niger Delta, created their own private war and destroyed the land, raped it of, of resources for what's the equivalent of $100,000 in cash. Um, and then when they were done, they pulled out the pumps and oil was seeping out onto the ground. Very, very, very crazy, crazy story, but they had made it almost impossible. People died of starvation. They died of being burned alive uh, because fires would start. You'd have refineries that was set up. Anyway, so um, I started to realize that we all have perspective. We're all from different places. And I guess the, the, the bottom line is, is that some people are passionate about things because of the things that they've gone through in their life. And I get really upset over LeBron James because I think he's, frankly, a piece of trash. But I think Oh, did you see that yesterday? No. Lesnitch? You haven't heard about Lesnitch? No. Oh, Lesnitch struck again. He, uh, he ratted out two people sitting courtside. They apparently were chanting something at him that was a little bit too offensive for his liking. So he grabbed a ref and got them kicked out of the game yesterday. Oh, really? So everyone's, everyone's calling LeBron James Lesnitch because apparently, yeah. apparently when you're a LeBron James, you can just get anyone ejected from the game. For, for laughing at you. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what he is. That's, that's what he is. He's a petty guy. But, um, but I think that the other part that I, I say is, and, and I want to look at this from a different perspective, because I try to understand perspective, and that is let, let's not take Kaepernick into, into account, right? Let's not take Kaepernick, because Kaepernick is a spoiled little piece of trash who is anti-American, grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth, not one point of his life has been oppressed. Not one point. But let's talk about some of the other pro athletes that are out there that have been had to come face to face with some of these leftist policies in these bigger cities, these inner cities, where they've been subject to some significant backlash, racism, um, you know, driving while black, treated poorly. I mean, I look. I grew up in DC area. Huh. I'm I'm no fan of the of the DC the DMV police forces because I think they're crap just like in Colorado the state patrol is trash so sorry I'm just gonna call it what it is they think that they sit above everyone else and they write tickets and treat people poorly um, holistically they do so uh, but and that by the way that's my perspective because that's what I've had to deal with that's the thing that I've come into contact with is never coming I've never come into contact with a state patrolman that has been that has been nice that has been ethical never and I've had several run-ins with them not just for running tickets, but for, you know, standing for other people as well when they try to terrorize people. Okay, I digress. But perspective becomes really important because those experiences then get triggered by someone talking about racism because they experienced it themselves. And so, you know, I, I guess I'm just trying to take a step back and remember all the work that I did in the Middle East and Africa and building bridges and creating reconciliation. And I think that a vast majority of Americans can stand together as Americans and we can start pushing off this communist, terroristic, radical left ideology and let them hang out with the evil that they are. But I think we can stand together and start set, setting aside an understanding perspective. And anyway, I got that from Ted Lasso. And um, I had an aha moment yesterday where I forgot that I gave in. I gave in to the idea that I would never, ever get gas from a Shell gas station, which I'm now back to not buying anything from Shell. I did that for a decade. And then finally, I just relented. Other things that I yeah. won't relent to, I will never relent to Amazon. I will never relent to Starbucks. 
I will never relent to these things that tear apart our community. I want to get us off Facebook, which I think we're a couple days from pulling out of Facebook, right? And I'm suing Facebook. So just so everybody's aware, we are suing Facebook. We are suing Facebook because they are unequally applying the rules of Facebook to conservative daily. They are blocking people's ability to get to the broadcast. And on top of that, they are censoring us and compressing it and only making so a certain amount of bandwidth is available for conservative daily while letting the leftist message just yeah. flourish. Yeah. 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 All true. I want to mention one thing before we go. If we put up my screen, Mr. Producer, this is a real head scratcher. In Germany, they have euthanasia clinics where if you want to end your life, you can go and they will uh, respectfully, I guess, kill you. They have, they have in some states in the United States. In German euthanasia clinics, you can no longer get killed unless you have the coronavirus vaccine. So if you want to ethically end your life in a state-sanctioned euthanasia clinic in Germany, you must first take the COVID-19 vaccine. So you can't even die without getting the vax in Germany. How many Another people in Germany try to kill themselves on a regular basis? Do we know? I don't know. But they have they have one of these cl these clinics set up for people who have terminal diseases. They just don't want the pain anymore. They can go there. I don't support that. But I also don't understand why, if someone wants to kill themselves, why you would make them get vaccinated first. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Well, that's going to be it for this edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to all the different places where we are on audio: Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible. Check that all out. If you can, subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review so we can climb up in those rankings. We go live 11 a.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Eastern, so tune in for that. And if you need a little reminder, you can sign up for our text alert system by texting the word FREEDOM to 89517. And you'll get added to our text alert system where you'll get a notification before we go to air telling you what we're talking about today and how, when, and where you can watch. That's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. My name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together. 